thought leaders, storytellers and griots sharing personal highlights on Stories of the Week. So, the Mandela Rhodes Foundation celebrates 20 years of cultivating African leaders. And yesterday, or rather Friday, the 14th of July, they launched a book that charts its history and shares stories of its inspiring alumni across the continent. On the line is Abigail McDougall-Fisher, who's the Communications and Alumni Relations Manager at Mandela Rhodes Foundation. Abigail, thanks so much for joining us. Good morning, Michelle. Abigail, let's just uh, go to that idea of tracking the um, stories of your alumni. How do you track and are you making sure that you have a database just learning exactly what your alumni are doing? It is um, one of the best parts of my job is catching up with really fascinating and inspiring people that are doing great work across the continent. At the same time, it can be challenging. There are 622 Mandela Road scholars in the world. Um, and yeah, it's a lot of people to catch up with. It's a lot of names to remember. But that has actually been a big part of my role at the foundation is ensuring that we are checking with them regularly, that we're encouraging them to update their bios on our website. And we have an amazing digital platform which allows our alumni to actually maintain control of their own information. So they can log in and update their information. We don't have to chase them all the time. Yes, that's an important part of our work. So what is the Malandela Rhodes Foundation doing? Are you offering, uh, do you offer um, bursaries? How does it work? The Mandela Rhodes Foundation is Nelson Mandela's official legacy organization for leadership development in Africa. So that's an important thing to note from the beginning. It's a very exciting place with a great story. Um, and our mandate is to develop exceptional leadership for the African continent how we do that is we offer a scholarship for postgraduate study anywhere in South Africa. So you can study at any university. And the special thing about us is that we are open to students from any African country, including South Africa. And then if you are successful and you become a Mandela Road scholar, you will move to South Africa or you will go to your university of choice. And then during your year in residence, you'll participate in what we refer to as our leadership development program which is a really intensive series of workshops where we help you to become more self-aware, to learn about your style as a leader, your blind spots. And you go through all of that with your peers, with your class group of, it's usually between 30 and 50. And that class is usually from countries across the African continent and from all sorts of disciplines. So you're not going on this journey alone. You're learning with and through your classmates. So that's a little window into the work that we do. Out of interest, what kind of age group are you looking at when you say um, post-grad students? So our eligibility criteria, you need to be between 19 and 29 at the time yeah. that you receive the scholarship. Yeah. And that's a little bit older than many other similar opportunities. And that's because we recognize that on the continent, people might have family responsibilities or they may have just delayed schooling due to instability in their country. So we keep our age band a little bit broader. And that also contributes to the diversity in the pool. So let's talk about um, the kinds of people that are coming out of the Mandela Rhodes uh, Foundation. And, and you mentioned 622 around the globe. So let's talk about a few of those kinds of people. Sure. Where to start? Um, I would say that we're really, really proud of our alumni and we have loads of inspiring stories to tell. I can highlight a couple. Um, I would start with Kenichuku Ikebuaku. He is a 2014 scholar from Nigeria, yeah. and he runs an incredible company called Mozisha. And his company is working to 
train African youth from across the continent in scarce skills in tech and then outsource those skills to companies in the USA so that we can try and compete with the likes of India when it comes to remote services. And he refers to Mazisha as a skills factory for Africa. And he's really working hard to try and close the gap between um, the skills that are available and what the job market wants. So Kenya is a great example. Other people that I can think of, uh, an amazing woman called Rachel Nyaradzo Adams. She founded a leadership academy, academy called Narachi Leadership, and she is based in Zimbabwe. So she's got an amazing background. She worked um, at McKinsey, and she worked for Yale's Africa program. But today she runs her own leadership development program based in Zimbabwe, and her vision is to develop deep benches of leadership for the African continent, and she's doing that right there in her home country. So I could talk about this for hours, but I'll stop <laughs> with just those two. Abigail, you have launched the book, which is celebrating 20 years. What have you, are you hoping that the book will do apart from just celebration? The Mandela Road's name and founding story is this contradiction. It's a paradox. Mm, it and is. the book unpacks the backstory behind that and why Mr. Mandela, who's synonymous with um, the liberation struggle in South Africa, uh, would agree to partner his name with, with that of Cecil Rhodes, who was really known for being a, a colonizer. Um, so the book really goes into what was the thinking, what was the strategy, what was the vision behind this contradictory or unlikely partnership, and what was their real intention. Um, so I would say that's firstly an important task of the book, is to provide that context. It also charts our history over the last 15 years. Sometimes people get stuck on our founding story because it's so interesting. Um, so it charts our history over the last 15 years, some of our achievements, and then it's packed with inspiring stories like the two that I just told you. And everyone that has read the book has just said it's left them with a feeling of hope, which is all too uncommon at the moment. Abigail, I know that uh, it's had some very interesting people not only winning the actual scholarships, but also, in fact, behind the scenes as well. I'm thinking of the late CEO um, and the founding CEO, Sean Johnson. I'm intrigued. He was the founding CEO. And I wonder what he had in mind when he pulled this whole thing together. Do you mean in terms of the foundation itself? Yeah, the foundation itself. Oh, Sean was a tremendously energetic and visionary person, and he was really um, galvanized by working with and for Madiba. And he would always tell us stories about uh, Madiba's jokes and the types of things that they envisioned together. And I think it was really, at that time in 2003, it was really about capacity building for the new democracy, developing leaders for South Africa's transition, and then at the same time, working to upskill and develop and transform leaders for other African countries. And at the same time, the, the Pan-African vision is important to mention. So Mr. Mandela was very explicit that he didn't want this to just benefit South Africa and South Africans. He wanted it to be a Pan-African project. And Sean had a great vision that we would be in all 55 African countries. Who funds the uh, Mandela Rhodes Foundation? The original benefaction was generously gifted to us by the Rhodes Trust in 2003. And the story behind that is that the Rhodes Trust was turning 100 at that time, and they wanted to um, acknowledge the fact that Rhodes' wealth was made in Africa. So they made a founding benefaction of 10 million pounds. But since then, we have benefited from many amazing donors. Um, the Leverhulme Trust is an important donor. The McCormick Bain Foundation is an important donor. And then we have, I would say, a very innovative partnership with Oxford University Press South Africa, 
where we are a 25.1% shareholder in OUP. So we benefit from any profits that OUP makes, and those scholarships are specifically for black South Africans. And there are many other people that I can't mention because the list is long, but we are very fortunate to have donors that have supported us sort of in a repeated way over many, many years. You know, Abigail, when one thinks of a foundation, um, what's absolutely critical is looking at the funding. I think the advantage, and I imagine the advantage, is to receive a large sum that can then uh, get on that interest and based on that interest can then sustain itself so that, A, you have the funding for people who are getting the the scholarships, but also you need the funding in order for the organization itself to run. So it's almost like an OPEX and a scholarship uh, expenditure as well. Absolutely. And, you know, you're right on the money, as it were. Um, we do have an endowment model for our scholarships. So when we go fundraising, we try to get donors to endow individual scholarships. And what that means is that we receive a large sum of money, but that endows that scholarship in perpetuity. So we never actually touch the capital and we use the interest um, from that endowment to fund that scholarship annually. So the base, depending on the size of our endowment, that dictates the number of scholarships that we're able to fund per year. And it's a long way of saying that we're very fortunate to have a very sustainable funding model. It is um, an exciting challenge trying to raise endowments. Endowment funding is um, quite challenging because we're looking for large amounts of money. But our success has been that we don't have to fundraise annually. So we're in a very good position and we're very fortunate to have that support. In closing, Abigail, 20 years come and gone. What's going to happen in the next 20 years? Our audacious vision is to be in all 55 African countries. We're currently in 33. We would also like to increase our scholar numbers. We currently have 30 to 50 um, in residence per year, and we'd love to see that go up to 80. Um, so those are our main strategic goals, and we'd also like to deepen our work. And as our alumni community grows, it's really important for us to keep them connected as an important source of encouragement, inspiration, and, yeah, walking the journey together. Abigail McDougall-Fisher, she's the Communications and Alumni Relations Manager at the Mandela Rhodes Foundation. That's it from us for the first hour. Yep, we are cracking into the second hour, which comes up. But first of all, Prabhashini is here with the news. Good morning. It's 8 o'clock.